Hey there, it's Lacey J from Space Bear Media, the makers of Lost in My 40s. Did you know that you can go to spacebearmedia.com right now to access all our content, including our weekly video pre-shows where your hosts ponder ethical questions related to the week's episode and answer some fun questions just for, well, fun. Speaking of fun, if you have it, thanks to our content, please consider rating or reviewing Lost in My 40s on your favorite app or recommend us to a friend who loves Lost. <laughs> wow. It's not even uh, words anymore. It's just like a <laughs> Welcome back. It's Lost in My Forties, Season 2, Episode 24, Live Together, Die Alone, Part 2 with Desmond and Derek. And it's the last fucking episode of Season 2. Except for our special episode. But anywho, how's everybody today? Great. Just ducky. Ready. Ben. What? Could you update us on where our power rankings stand before we add to them for the last time this season? Uh, Yeah, I can. I actually, for some reason, can't find where I put those. So give me just a moment. We are, well, we're in the same place we've been for quite a while now. We've got Mr. Echo in first place with 134 points. Jack in second place with 104. And Hurley in third place with 95 the bottom of the barrel is Michael, negative 93 points, with Mr. Cooper with negative 62, and rounding out the bottom three is Charlie with negative 60. All right. Derek, lead us through the end of season two, please. So the episode opens with Charlie and Echo are walking through the jungle, and Charlie's trying to remember where the dynamite is, and they end up finding it under some leaves. Just laying out in the jungle. Just chilling. Yep. Charlie tells Echo to be careful as he unwraps it because you don't want to end up like Dr. Arts. (laughs) (laughs) Echo carefully brings it into the hatch and starts to place it by the computer room door. And Charlie tries to convince Echo not to do it, telling him, what if we hurt them or the computer? He then tries to get John to open the door by saying that they can work it out. And Echo is very upset as, you know, as he is arming the dynamite. He didn't tell, he then says Echo is going to blow up the door with dynamite from the black rock. And John looks at Desmond who says, it'll take an atom bomb brother. And not to bother, and not to bother. He's sure it will hold. It didn't take an atom bomb to knock the fucking, uh, top of that hatch off though. That's I mean, since true. We're, since yeah. we're in fantasy land. Uh, but yeah. I guess we're thinking the blast doors are more. The thing that, that I don't understand. Door, but... The thing that I don't understand about all of this is if Charlie didn't want him to blow up the hatch, why the fuck did you tell him there was dynamite? Yeah, the, <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Like he takes too. him to the dynamite, and then he's like, "Maybe we shouldn't do this." Well, you had control over that, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is this is where this is where Charlie's sort of agitating and and stirring the shit sort of backfires a little bit. Yeah. I figured when they're in the woods, he'd lift leaves and be a heroin statue instead. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, oh, that's wrong stash. Wrong stash. But, but instead, I think we're, it feels like we're just here to, ha- to have Charlie facilitate Mr. Echo's exit from the show. 
Ah, I see. Oh, right. That's kind of that's kind of what it feels like. So we go to flashback number one, and Desmond is rubbing those two wires together again. While Inman is putting laundry detergent into a cup, when the countdown starts at six and it's going down to one, and then the tone sounds and the blast doors come down. One of them is stopped by a metal cart that Desmond had placed there earlier. Um, He crawls under it and goes into the kitchen where Inman takes the detergent mixture and is painting the map that Locke saw under the black light previously, or maybe after. Right. (laughs) Desmond asks... How does he know where he left off since it can't be seen under normal light? And he says, because he does it slowly and that Radzinski had a photographic memory memory, and it was his idea. Desmond says Radzinski figured out how to create a fake lockdown and this great invisible map, but Inman has never told him what bloody well happened to him. Does a photographic memory work if you're not looking at anything? Like what's he supposed to recall other than a right. blank wall? <laughs> that doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, I don't know. So Inman points to a brown stain on the ceiling, which I don't know why he didn't clean it, and says, that's Redzinski. And then he put a shotgun in his mouth while he was asleep, and he only had 108 minutes to bury the poor bastard. No. I wouldn't have buried him. Okay. I would have just dragged him out of the hatch and thrown him off somewhere, you know? Or, or, or maybe just broken it up and, you know, dug for a while and went and redid the, you know, yeah. press the button, mm-hmm. go back, dig a bit more, you know, have very a service. time management. Yeah, and this guy, this guy, this guy's got a very all-or-nothing sort of attitude. Mm-hmm. So Desmond asks Inman to let him go out next time, since he won't go. So he won't go crazy as well. Inman says, "So you want to go outside into the quarantine and hostels?" What? what? There's those hostels again. What? And Desmond replies, "He hadn't been outside in two years and wow. wants to go." Yeah, see, I thought being locked down here for like five weeks was brutal. We're <laughs> <laughs> still complaining down. about COVID, man. Yeah. yeah, two years. Yeah, I mean, being being stuck inside for two years used to seem like 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 strange and unusual torture. But I'm like, I feel like I kind of have been locked inside yeah. for two years. Well, I mean, years, so. yes and no. We but we could still go out in our yard. I mean, we're talking about like he's just in this hatch. I don't think I could stay in something. Where I couldn't go outside and feel the air and but it was smell similar air. because if you went in public, there was technically poisoned air. There was yeah virus floating around. Yeah, True. you're right. Yeah. So he points out that he was in the army, and Inman says, "Her Majesty's army, right?" And asks, "Why did you leave?" And he said, "That's right. You got kicked out because you couldn't follow orders." It's like, why'd you leave that nice well, lady's army? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> 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 Have a cup of tea with her. <clears throat> Desmond asks Inman why he left his army, and he replies, because men followed my orders. Oh, he's got a guilt mm. complex. He, and then he starts joking, thank God he joined the Dharma Initiative, Namaste, namaste and good luck. Yeah, he's pretty sarcastic when yeah. he says that. I reiterate Desmond, my, my earlier warning, anyone that says namaste to you, don't trust them. Oh my God. <laughs> So Desmond asks again to go out, but Emin tells him he must stay and push the button, and that's an order. All righty. So back in the present, Charlie's still beating on the blast door, telling John he's about to be detonated. He walks over to Echo, who's still working on the fuse, and, and says, what if it's just some colossal joke, and that is just an old computer and a bunch of wires? And Echo, like, it's, you know, lock on him and shoves him against the wall and 
and <laughs> takes off Charlie's belt. I thought he was going to spank him with it. <laughs> I know. And he's I like, know. you little hobbit, you bad little no. hobbit, you. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, he throws it against the wall where the magnet is, and it sticks. Echo asks if that is a joke, and Charlie says he will see himself out and you know, grabs his belt off the wall. Echo asks Locke one last time to open the door and that he will forgive him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, John asks for what, and Echo, you know, crosses himself and lights the fuse. Okay. Charlie tells him to wait, that they're in a very confined area, but then turns and runs, saying bollocks, as Echo (laughs) takes cover. As Echo takes cover a little too close to yeah. where the yeah. glass is going to happen. Yeah, he like I crouches mean, down like two feet from the right. fucking I mean, dynamite. Yeah. You're still going to get the concussion from it. Yeah. The dynamite goes off as Charlie is running from the fireball and he gets out of the way in the nick of time and it blows up through the hatch. So, a couple well, things here. Oh one, <laughs> one, there wouldn't be a fireball unless it was igniting gas particles right. in the air. Exactly. So, there's one yeah. thing. Like, there's just not going to be a fireball. Two, Charlie said it. We're in an enclosed space. Like you, you're gonna put a, a a bunch of dynamite or even a stick of dynamite up against a, a metal door, and you're gonna be that close to it. What happens when an explosive goes off is all the air around it heats and expands, which creates a pressure wave or a concussion. Right. So all that's gonna happen is it's gonna go off. You're gonna go fucking deaf. You're gonna yep. have overpressure hit your head. It's gonna disorient the shit out of you. It may actually wound you in some way. You can burst your eardrums. All kinds of weird shit can happen when pressure waves hit you like that. So this was essentially like somebody going up to a door with a gun. Instead of shooting the door with a gun, they shoot them on. They just shoot themselves in the foot. Well, plus the door it, it was, it was that, so all it, the blast is going to come back. It's going to come right twice. back at you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it was just. I mean, it's just really, 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 really stupid. And I would think that Echo. Okay, you know, obviously he's not an explosives expert, but somebody something would tell me that him running around in 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 Nigeria as a drug dealer, he's probably dealt with some, you know, some ordinance before. And I don't know. This this whole thing just this is bad writing. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It's just bad I guess, writing. I guess it's the, we just sort of see him picking up the faith torch from Locke, right? Especially mm-hmm. because like He's been, you know, he's this fake priest, and so we don't really know what he actually believes or if he has faith in anything, right, until until now. And so he's just so determined and singly, like, focused on this task in a lot of the same way that happens with Locke that um, he's not thinking straight, I guess. He, he's being a bit of a zealot here. Yeah, he's like, I just yeah. have to get in that hatch. I don't care how Yeah, it he happens. was adamant. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, of course, you're right about the technicalities, Benjamin. So, after the fireball that shouldn't have existed blows up <laughs> through the hatch, we get the lost title screen. So, now we're on flashback number two. The alarm is going off to push the button, and Desmond is calling out for Kelvin. He walks into the computer room and there's 48 seconds left and Desmond enters the numbers and the timer resets. He hears Inman singing and sees an empty bottle of liquor. And so he opens a grate and crawls under the hatch and sees a drunk Inman lying down, holding a key attached to a chain. His drinking is a common theme here. <laughs> Next to him is an area with a lid with the lid up that says caution system termination. Hmm. Oh, sounds serious. 
And Inman is saying he he couldn't do it. He just couldn't do it while dangling the key. Desmond asks, what is it? And Inman says, this is the only other way out, partner. And that it is a fail-safe. He asks, what is behind the wall? And what was the incident? And Inman says, electromagnetism, geologically unique. And that the incident was a leak, and every time they push the button, it discharges it before it gets too big. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. I don't Desmond asks, why make us push the button? You know, why not just find an automated way? But Emin interrupts him asking if he has the courage, if he had the courage to take his finger out of the dam and blow the whole thing up instead. Well, so at least we learned some things there. Yeah. yeah. So back in the present hatch, Desmond thinks that Locke's friends blew themselves up and goes to open the blast door, but Locke stops him saying, it's a trick. Desmond says they could be hurt and asks if the doc, if your doctor is around, he didn't ask Locke if the reason he wants to not push the button is so he can look down the barrel of a gun to find out what he really believes in. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> John said he believed and he thought it was his destiny to get into the hatch, but then a kid died because he was stupid enough to believe what Locke was talking about, and he died for nothing. It's referring to Booth. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No big loss. No. <laughs> no big loss and lost. So John said that very same night he was beating on the hatch door, screaming at the heavens what he should do, and then a light came on, and he thought it was a sign. He realized, found out that it wasn't. It was probably just Desmond going to the bathroom. <laughs> and there's 32 minutes left on the timer. Locke is just like, he's just over it. it. All yeah, he's of done. It. He's it's done. Just all, like nothing means anything anymore. Yep. So we go to the rock formation near the other's village and Saeed is approaching cautiously and finds that it's abandoned. He searches the huts, finds nothing, and then he goes to like another hatch door, opens it, but there's just a rock wall behind it. What? Dun, dun, dun. What? Fuck. Yeah. So back in the jungle, the mighty jungle, Jack, Kate, <laughs> Sawyer, Jack, Kate, Sawyer, Hurley, and Michael are still making their way to the others when Kate notices something in a clearing. We've got a we got a pretty amazing continuity error here too. Oh, my God. Yeah, while, while, yes. while they're walking, you'll see Sawyer. He's walking. He's got the gun behind his back. And then they cut to the next scene. He's got the gun down in his hand. And they cut to the next scene. He's got the gun back behind his back again. Oh, uh, so just behind his back? Cutting. Over his shoulder. Like over, over his shoulder. shoulder. Yeah, 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 yeah. So as they get closer, it is a massive pile of canisters next to a tube just sticking out of the ground. What? Yes. The fuck what a dick punch for the guys who were in the pearl spending oh, all that time writing in I'm all writing of those journals i saw yes. that i was like are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> that's the headquarters the middle of a field yeah so so they're the canisters from the pearl station oh, i put pear pearl station <laughs> filled with the notebooks that were you know filled out by the observers Sawyer picks up a loose piece of paper out of that huge pile, and it just happens to be Locke's map that he uh -huh. put into the tube while in the station. So now we know for sure that it came from the Pearl. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I know that um, she, Kate was reading through some of them. It was just like mundane, you know, like, you know, ping pong table was moved, things like that. I took a yeah. shower. I took yeah, three they, like they literally were writing down every move that the people in <laughs> uh, the swan the were making. Yeah. 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 This Which, woman, yeah, she took, that means they she took a shit every them. hour. She eats too much fiber. And, and it I wasn't mean, just they, in the, <laughs> and it wasn't just in the swan, right? Like like theoretically, they had been monitoring multiple stations. So yes, because they had the monitors, all those monitors. Yes, 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 yes. Right. right. So they might they might have been doing. You might have had people in there doing, you know, writing down How? logs for. Many people did they watch jerk off? That's what I want to know. Being that stuck be down like, there for three years, I'd be doing a shit. All of that. <laughs> they watched, they watched <laughs> all of them jerk off. Multiple if they had times a day. <laughs> assuming that the cameras were put in, in reasonable places. Right. Yeah. Well, especially when they're alone, you think, see, they didn't know that they were being watched, right? Right. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, if, if they were by they themselves, they'd be jerking off in every room. Oh, yeah, yeah. man. They'd, <laughs> be, doing, they, they'd I mean, be getting up. They'd, within, within a couple of weeks, they'd be getting up to some pretty weird shit, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so Sawyer sees the black smoke in the distance, but it's miles from where they are. It's probably five Jack- kilometers inland, I'm guessing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Jack pulls out his gun and confronts Michael, asking him why aren't they going to the beach and that they are nowhere near the beach. Michael confesses again. Oh, that he was yeah. leading them to a trap because he had to. Fucking uh-huh. asshole. Carl! It's my yep. son! Yeah, it's my son. Don't you understand? I have to kill my son. He's my son. Oh, my God. So then they start hearing noises and whispering. And I do hear one says Elizabeth. Ooh. Oh, the beginning says Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And so as they're looking around, Sawyer's hit by a dart in the neck and falls to the ground convulsing. Kate runs over. Yeah, they over. look like they're being electrocuted or yeah, something. That's what more yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Something that would just knock them out. Yeah. yeah. So Kate runs over, tries to help Sawyer, but then Jack tells him to run. <laughs> <laughs> this foe is beyond any of you. But Michael and Hurley, they don't listen. They just stand there. But Jack and Kate do. Um, she's hit by a dart and falls down. Jack just starts firing wildly into the jungle. Then he goes over, picks up Kate, hits with he's hit with a dart, and he takes a few steps he, before he, fights he finally it falls. For, yeah, 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 he does. I was, almost expect- skills. I was almost expecting them to like, like hit him with two, you know, just because for some reason his constitution, but no, yeah, he didn't go to he Dr. He takes like three or four steps and goes down. He's Dr. Silver now. Dr. Oh, that's Silver. Right. That's right. <laughs> we'll find out at the end of this episode <laughs> if that holds true. So then he's, no, no, from- he's, the, he's the silver surgeon. Let's not get it twisted. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I like it. So after the silver surgeon falls to the ground, <laughs> you can see from his perspective, the others arrive to pick up their bodies. So we're back to the hatch. There's 21 minutes left, and Desmond asks Locke to tell him about the Pearl Station. And Locke says it is a psychological station where two men sat in front of TV monitors and filled notebooks with their observations of the other hatches and then put the notebooks into a pneumatic tube to send them back to the headquarters, which was a tube in the middle of a field. And let's face it, the guy, the people in the Pearl, they were they were whacking off too. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> and um, right, these yeah, pages stuck together. As an experiment. 
Desmond asks, well, what if he got it backwards and the experiment was on the two men in the Pearl Station and not the hatch pushing the button? <gasps> oh, Whoa. what uh, if? Fuck. Wow. I think what if might be, might be like if considering the canisters cons- were laying in the field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He asks if there was a computer in the Pearl and Locke says yes, but all it did was print up a lot of numbers. Desmond asks for the printout. And um, which has the word accepted on it multiple times. And so I think yeah, it's Locke like a set something of numbers and then accepted, accepted. and ac- over and over and over, like every yeah. time a I set think of Locke numbers. Says, well, here's your reading material for the next 17 minutes or something like that. <laughs> right. Cause that's what's on the timer. Yep. Yeah. So we go to flashback number three and Desmond has just finished shaving when Inman tells him that he's been shaving every day for the past three years and to live a little, I guess, grow a beard. I don't know. <laughs> so he starts putting on his yellow suit and tells Desmond goodbye a couple of times. And Desmond says goodbye. And he goes, well, I'll see you in a couple of hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It obviously felt mm-hmm. more like a goodbye. than I'll see you. Yeah, soon. Now like, you know, right. yeah. probably normally say bye. See you in a couple yeah. of hours, but goodbye. Catch you later. Yeah. I, and I think so that had him already suspicious. Mm-hmm. Right before he notices what you're about to tell us about. <laughs> yep. So he notices a tear in the, the leg of the suit, um, but doesn't say anything. And so Inman goes out of the hatch and Desmond follows him wearing, you know, some kind of bandana for his mask. And he sees uh, Inman take the mask off while outside. What? So for two, three years by now, I think mm. he's been. Wow. So Desmond takes his off and inhales the air, like pretty deeply for air that you think might be bad, but you know. Well, I guess he's convinced once yeah. he saw Kelvin maskless. Yep. So he follows him to a rocky shore, which looked pretty cool at wherever yeah. he was running to. Yeah, yeah. It, it looked like yeah, it was badass. gorgeous. Yeah, it looked it looked like it had flowed and then just yes. like solidified yeah, right there. Oh, definitely. That's ex- probably exactly what happened. Yeah, no, I know, yeah. I know. Volcano. But a lot of times when you see things, when you see like volcanic formations like that, they've been worn away by the sea. But that right. that looked like it had been just sort of there. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe maybe really dusted bad. off by the cool wind. Looking. But yeah, it was really. When cool I was looking. in uh, Costa Rica and went to see Arenal. Not um, yeah. You guys went to that volcano, right? When you were there, we were, as well? we were supposed to go to it. But we ended up having a, a bit of a, a mishap when we were in Monteverde. Yeah. And then the oh rest yeah, of our we've talked about this changed. on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah. 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 But Never got so the zip I, line either. No, <laughs> I saw. I went to Arenal. I stayed in this really cool place. It was like an old cattle ranch, like cattle farm, and it had just little, tiny little separate bungalows all around and. And then you could see the volcano and, you know, at night it's a red flow. You you don't see red during the day. I don't know if people know that, but you only can see that at night. And, um, but this is a, it's a pyroclastic flow and it would, it would erupt about every 15 minutes or something like that. It was fucking amazing. So I took a tour over to the island or to the island, Jesus, to, <laughs> to the volcano. We hiked through the jungle and then hiked up one of the old, um, like flows. flows just like mm-hmm. that. And, and that's exactly what it looked like is like, it just, you know, it just comes down and then, and then hardens. And so you're standing on, you know, what is very obviously um, a flow. It was really interesting because I'm standing on it and watching it, uh, you know, explode on about 
you know, 25 degrees around yeah. from where I am. And the ground would shake every time. And like, oh, God, it was just incredible. But wow. it, only did, it only did that on heavy flow days, right? Oh, right. my God. <laughs> <laughs> So he follows him to a rocky shore and sees his boat floating in a lagoon. That's my boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, Lieutenant Abed, that's my boat. <laughs> so Calvin pulls a lock and pops out behind him saying, gosh, I didn't think you had the stones to follow me. Well, you'll trap me in a fucking hatch for three goddamn years. Yeah. So Desmond asked what he was doing with his boat, and Emmons says he was fixing it, and he was about a week away from leaving because it was wrecked pretty good. I think he was going to leave without him, but... Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 He, well, he, he, it's just a week away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, sa- he says as much later. He's like, because I found yeah. you, and I could I could go away, and you could save the world. Like, I could... Yeah. I think he calls yeah. him a sucker, but we'll... Yeah, he asked Desmond yeah. if he wants to come with him, but Desmond asks about the button. He says, screw the button, and who knows if it's even real. Desmond asks, why did he lie? And Kelvin says he needed a sucker to save the world when he was gone. Yeah. So then Desmond goes crazy and says he stole his life and they start to fight and he ends up knocking Inman down, cracking his skull and realized he killed him because there's a lot of blood and he ain't moving anymore. Man, these, some of these, some of these like extras or whatever they are, these minor characters, they die real quickly. Like, I know. You know, some of these other characters are like thrown off cliffs and thrown against trees and chased down by boars. This guy bumps his head and he's dead. <laughs> well, hold on a second, though. That uh, if you. It's like Bob hits, Saget in this case. Like, if you hit like, somebody, no, if you hit somebody in the brain stem, in the back of the head, um, that the, what is it, the amygdala back there, maybe? Um, but the, it controls your. It's the auto, automatic um, heartbeat and, yeah, yeah, and, and breathing. breathing. And, and so yeah, yeah. if you smash that, you can kill someone fairly easily because they good. their body will not know how to breathe yeah. or I mean, uh, pump un- blood. Un- unless there were a relatively that. sharp rock protruding from behind where his head hit. I'd, ha- I'd just have difficult time. The body is actually fairly resilient. Like yeah. it's really that's like, a flat surface because those rocks flat. had no sharp. Points. Yeah, you're yeah, right. It was yeah. a flat surface, and yes, it, there yeah. would have to be some sort of protrusion or like you know if you took a hammer to the back of somebody's yeah. head in that spot. But yeah, um, yeah uh, of course there are still some loose ends, yeah. but it is possible and actually quite easy to kill someone that way. It was actually it was actually one of one of Art's bones sitting there that stabbed him in the back of the head. <laughs> God. So um, he grabs the fail safe key and runs back to the hatch. And by the time he gets back, all hell is breaking loose. Mm-hmm. The ground is shaking. The computer is repeating system failure over and over. He gets to the computer room and the clock is now all hieroglyphics. I mean, it's like five hieroglyphics. Red and, and black ones. Yes. And yeah. he tries to enter the numbers, but the computer screen keeps printing out system failure. And metal objects are flying towards the magnet. And after, eventually, he does get all the numbers in, and the timer resets, and the computer goes back to the prompt. So in the now, present Now, hat, at this point, if you're Desmond, at this point, what do you think? 
I think I'm going to keep pushing that fucking yeah, I'm gonna button. I'm going to keep pressing yeah. that button because there's something pretty serious in there. Cause, I mean, this shit was just hitting the fan, literally. Uh, but see, I, I would be looking at it. I, the first thing I would think after I was done was like, well, I didn't actually, I wasn't actually able to enter everything within the confines of, of the parameters. Like, you have to enter it in and it'll show up on the monitor and then you have to press the button, right? In that case, you only got halfway through it and then it was like system failure, system right. failure. So you don't know if it's taking your inputs anymore. I'm looking at this from like a, like a, you know, well, yeah, and he hit execute a few times and it didn't yeah, do anything. And it didn't do so. anything. So what I would do is I'd say, well, no matter what, no matter what happened right there, I feel like it's kind of come back. It's going to recycle to this, to this place. So I, I would look at that, that thing and say, from, from looking at this from a computer system standpoint, I go, this is just on its own, it's on its own circle. The user input is actually invariable to this. Mm. I see. Yeah. I think I would be scared enough that I just keep pushing the button. Yeah. But, I mean, having yeah, metal, metal I mean, shit you, fly around and things shaking it, that definitely will, you know. Yeah, something serious going on in there. Make you yeah. mess your trousers. But which yeah, what you're me, saying. Which makes me wonder why the fuck Desmond thought that this would be a good idea to join Locke in, in doing this. You know, if he'd already lived through that one system failure with all that shit happening, why did he think that it would be a good idea to fucking do this? Yeah. Um, maybe because he thinks that there's nothing left but the island and he's ready to destroy it all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, there's that. <laughs> he's ready to blow up the dam. Because he's like, yeah. I don't want to be trapped in the snow globe anymore. Yeah, yeah more like know. a blow globe. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the present hatch, Desmond is going through the printout and asks Locke, when did you come here? And he replies, 60, 65 days ago. But when he asks what date, he says September 22nd. The camera zooms in on the printout, showing that on the date, that same date, the system failure happened. And Desmond says, I think I crashed your plane. Say what? 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 Wow, that was like a moment right there. I was like, are you kidding me? Which it makes sense. The plane is metal. Yeah. Right, and it just sucked it toward the yeah, island. Yeah, the electromagnetic is And that, is that, that also strong. makes sense as to why it broke in half yeah, in midair. Yeah, that's mid-air. right. Yeah. Is aluminum a ferrous metal? Uh, that's a good mm. question. Oh. Magnetic? Hmm. Well, there's other I mean, probably non-aluminum parts in there. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of the the engine, like the jet engine pieces, probably have a lot of steel and stuff in them. But I'm, I yeah. don't know if the uh, is aluminum ferrous. Aluminum, lead, copper, zinc, brass are all non-ferrous. Okay, so oh, electromagnetism okay. wouldn't actually grab the frame of the plane or the skin of the plane. Um, but they also say that it's a unique type of electromagnetism. So who knows? That's true. Oh, that's and, true. And, and, yeah, and, so. and aluminum probably they probably have a lot of different alloys that they're using in in planes. Yeah, for different oh, that's sections. Right too. Yeah. So yeah, that was like a holy shit moment right there. Yeah. Yeah. Damn right. <laughs> So we cut to the others leading a hooded Jack, Kate, Sawyer, and Hurley down a pier, and they have them kneel down. Michael is walking freely, and the hoods are removed, revealing that they're also gagged. Sawyer tries to say something, but is kneed in the gut. The bearded man tells everyone to calm down, and Kate lets them know, you know, kind of talking through her gag, that the beard is fake, and so he removes it after Mr. Clue tells everyone his name is Tom. And he calls her B, 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 A, something like that. Yeah, B. Yeah, he calls her B. B. And thanks her for, you know, letting everyone know that his name is Tom. Sarcastic. He looks so different with the beard her. off, too. I yeah. know. I mean, completely it's drastic. Different. Yeah. 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 Much less, much less threatening. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 
His name is Tom Friendly. Yeah, yeah he's a friendly guy. I know you you dropped that bomb a few weeks ago. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> So the small boat that Walt was kidnapped in is really a piece of shit. I know. I was yeah. like, obviously, <laughs> obviously, these people don't pile of crap. Doesn't can't somebody just maybe they would have Walt like working on like sanding that down a little bit, washing it, it up, yeah, cleaning it. Just, yeah. Come on, kid, you got to earn your keep here. the poop deck or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the boat that Walt was kidnapped in approaches, and a man with bare feet steps out. And it is revealed to be none other than Henry Gale. Oh my God. Or the, or the, or the other formerly charge. known as Henry Gale. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it's not, yeah. Yes. Well, uh, you're going to have to wait for season three to figure out uh, Henry's real name. And he appears to be the one in charge. He looks at Michael, and then he looks at Jack and tells him, hello again. <laughs> and he looks at Tom and asks, where's your beard? And he replies, well, I think they know. <laughs> and he looks back to Michael and says, let's take care of business. And then they get some really tense music, like, dun, dun, you know, like kill him <laughs> or what's going to happen here. Yeah. What's the business? So back in the hatch, <clears throat> Charlie wakes up, but is almost deaf from the explosion as you know, been discussed earlier. He makes his way back towards Echo, who's still knocked out and bleeding, as he should be, being that close to an explosion. Yeah, I don't even know if he'd be. I don't even know if he'd be bleeding. Maybe internally. Well, I think through his nose. Maybe that's what the bleeding yeah, through his nose. The overpressure, ears probably yeah. broken. Yeah, exactly. So the beeping starts, and there's four minutes left. Desmond tells Locke they need to push the button, but Locke says no. Desmond says again he crashed her plane, and Locke asks, "How did you do that?" He said, when the timer became all hieroglyphics, the whole room began to shake and the screen was full of system failure messages on the same day the plane crashed. John continues to say it isn't real and then smashes the computer on the ground. (laughs) So you ain't going to push that button. Is that the computer or is that just the monitor? It was a monitor. Yeah. Okay. I think well, but yeah, was but, it built into was it a one unit like those old apples? I don't remember. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yes. I, uh, I, I feel like I feel like those. there were I feel like there were two units because before when when uh Saeed was fixing the computer in season it, yeah. one, he had taken the top off of it. So I think that was just a monitor. So technically you could, as long as you were careful and you knew put you knew you were always in. pressing, you could you could still put the numbers in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is so, very dramatic, and so... So, yeah, pretty much there. it's the point of no return. That button is <laughs> yeah. not going to be pushed. Yes. So three <laughs> minutes are left, and Desmond says, you killed us all. But Locke says, no, I saved you all, saved us all. Desmond uses the wires again to short-circuit the blacks' door and runs into the kitchen. He starts throwing all the books on the floor from the shelf, <clears throat> and Charlie um, asks him for help, and he says, I'm trying, brother. Kind of different help. And he <laughs> finds the Charles Dickens book. Dickens book. Yeah, so he's like, all right, I, I guess we're all going to die. Time to might read. As well yeah, read. Yeah. <laughs> Crack it open. Yeah, never better time for some Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to flashback number four, and Desmond is sitting in the hatch holding a gun. Um, he finishes off a liquor bottle and then opens the Charles Dickens book. As he does, a letter falls out with his name on it, and it reads. So he was like about to kill himself. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. he had this. That was like this pre-suicide, you know, yeah, scene. I'm going to read this book, and then I'm going to. I'm going to get drunk gun. as fuck, and then I'm going to yeah. eat this gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it must be a short book. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or is he, is he a speed reader or something? He's like, yeah. done. <laughs> so the letter says, dearest Des, I am writing this letter to you as you leave for prison. And I've hidden it in the one place you would turn in a moment of great desperation. I know you go away with the weight of what happened on your shoulders. And I know the only person who can ever take it off is you. Please don't give up, Des, because all we really need to survive is one person who truly loves us, and you have her. I will wait for you. I will wait for you always. I love you, Pin. Wow. Yeah, that was a sad moment. You know, like, yeah, yeah he's he like, oh, realized. shit, I'm going to kill myself. I don't need to. But not, yeah, like, it's just, he just realized, oh, my God, had I ever opened up this book, I would have yeah. known that she, holy shit. So after he reads it, he begins to cry and throws the liquor bottle at the wall, screaming, it's all gone, and cries some more. Well, now all the liquor is gone because he threw it up against a wall. (laughs) So then he starts tearing up the hatch, you know, ripping the books off the shelves, tears the, you know, rips the records out. Yeah, he just sits down on the floor, despondent, when he hears a banging noise. What? And it turns out that noise is Locke banging on the hatch, asking why, screaming at the heavens. And then Desmond turns on some bright light that Locke interpreted as a sign. And then he laughs. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. Around that same time, it could have been William Hung performing She Bangs. She Bangs, oh She Bangs. <laughs> <laughs> they were good- each other's sign, you guys. Yes. Yeah. Like, how yeah. wild yes. is that? Yeah. Oh, shit. So in the present hatch, the alarm is still sounding when Desmond finds the key and there's 30 seconds left on the timer. Locke is just standing there watching it when Desmond comes in and opens the grate to go under the hatch. He tells John that three days before you came down, three days before you came down here, before we met, I heard a banging on the hatch door shouting, but it was you, John, wasn't it? You said there wasn't any purpose. There's no such thing as fate. But you saved my life, brother, so that I could save yours. Holy shit. What? Yeah. What is happening right now? (laughs) But John still insists that none of it is real and they're going to be okay as the timer goes down to three seconds. Desmond tells him to get as far away as he can. And then he says, I'm going to blow the dam and I'm sorry for whatever happened that made you stop believing, but it's all real. Now I've got to go and make it. All go away. I'll see you in another life, brother. Journey Jeez. would be very disappointed in Locke right now. Yeah. <clears throat> Who's disappointed so, in Locke? Journey. Oh, I'll stop believing. <laughs> 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 I mean, he I wanna, really did just go all out not believing. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. one extreme yeah, to yeah. the other. He I, saw I wanna, that orientation vid- uh, uh, video in the Pearl, and he was just like, it just broke him. That, that's it. I, oh my God, what have I been doing? Everything yeah. is a lie. You know, if you think about it, <laughs> his reaction in that way, it sort of follows that he could make that flip and believe so easily the opposite of what he had believed before because he went through that stuff with his father, right? And he thought he had had a father, but he was conned the entire time. And so he he has before had his whole world shattered and and was forced to accept another reality so in this case you know he was a little more primed for that i guess if that makes sense yeah. 
An- another so, thing I, sh- I, w- I would like to call out here is Desmond. If you if you look at what Desmond actually means, depending, it, it's different in different languages. But if you take the Gaelic meaning of it or the Celtic or Irish meaning, Desmond means the world. Really? He's Scottish, though. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah well, Celtic, Scottish. right? But Celtic, yeah. close enough. The Celtic uh, Gaelic is close enough, but the English meaning is gracious protector or gracious defender. Huh. So we're gonna way, have to ask. We're gonna have to ask Ado and Dave if Celtic is close enough. I, I bet they have some feelings. About I'm, sure, that. I'm sure they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the timer goes to all hieroglyphics, and the speakers start to repeat system failure. It's happening. The ground begins to shake, and Echo finally wakes up just as metal objects begin to fly towards the magnet, including pots, forks, knives, and darts. A worrying a sound of the starts- knives go like right past his mm-hmm. face. Yeah, it's terrifying. And then there's a whirring sound that gets louder and louder as Desmond wakes his way to the failsafe. Larger metal metal objects make their way to the magnet as Charlie is helping Echo walk and as they dodge the objects. Echo finally pushes Charlie away and goes to the computer room. And Charlie ends up having to dodge the old front loader, washer, and dryer. <laughs> so if, De- if, Des- if Desmond still has this feeling and it was getting pulled on by the magnet, why is it not ripping it out of his face right now? Like this thing oh. is going in overdrive. And somehow well, you notice, fi- like, the feelings don't seem to be bothering safe, him. It rips off that lid, but why didn't it rip it off before he opened it? Yeah. I also love yeah, that- how, how when he does it, how, how gingerly he opens it. He's like, he gets up to it and he's like really, really gentle the way he opens it. This would yeah, be a bad funny. time to have body jewelry for sure. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, or yeah. Like, what if you had your Prince Ouch. Albert? You well, it, yeah. just, it just shows Oof. you that if you're going to get them, get something like, you know, that's non ferrous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, or plastic. Just in case of <coughs> magnet activity. <laughs> yeah. So Echo makes it to the computer room and sees John just standing there as the timer like collapses un- into itself. And John just looks at Echo and says, I was wrong. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. God. All this shit flying okay. through the room. An, an understatement flip- there, John. <laughs> yeah, that, another, another flip-flop, a real quick one there. That moment. Uh, but guys, like the, 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 the hit. His face, okay. Yes, Locke's this face. actor, he is amazing because with one expression of his face, I saw regret and I yep. and sadness and fear and I mean just every this whole ball of emotions that that he is in. I saw all of it on his and face. exhilaration, right? Because then he realized, oh God, it's real, like. Yeah. What well, I believe he stop leaving. Yeah, she's probably got a little wood going on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also love the tone of his voice when he says, I was wrong. It's pathetic. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's defeated. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, he's utterly defeated now. Yeah. So below, Desmond makes a sign of the cross, and you hear as you hear Penelope's voice say, all we really need to survive is one person who truly loves us, and you have her. I'll wait for you always. I love you. Desmond says, I love you, Penny, and turns the key. Holy And the screen shit. fades to white. It does fade to white. Oh, my God. And you're it's like, so I was intense. like, holy crap, yes. I was like, Schwing. finally. <laughs> I got a little chub there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So outside on the pier, the ground starts to shake and the sky turns purple and incredibly white. 
A piercing sound can be heard and everyone covers their ears. Saeed, Jin, and Son are covering their ears on the boat as well as the original survivors on the beach. And this goes on for quite a while. I always thought it'd be great during this part if all of the extras' heads just exploded. (laughs) (laughs) We just thinned out all of them. It's like no more Scott, no more Steve. It was like in that, um, what that Mars attacks when they play the music at the end and all the aliens' heads explode. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So the light and sound finally, light and sound slowly fade, and you can see an object hurling towards the ground at the beach. And, you know, Claire's just looking up at it, but Bernard, you know, smartly moves her out of the way just before it hits the ground and is revealed to be the quarantine hatch. What the fuck? Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of that. This so what episode. happened there? Yeah. yeah, what did happen? Hey, guess what? We're going to talk a little bit about that in our special episode, There Is Some Questions, which you can listen to next because it's out. Right. What a treat. So the originals and extras are picking up the food that fell from the shelf when everything was shaking. Charlie walks out of the jungle. So I guess he was, well, he ran. That's right. He, what did he? No. Yeah. What happened there? Yeah. What happened there? Last thing I saw, he was dodging a washer and dryer. Yeah. So he walks out of the jungle, looking like he was just in an explosion. (laughs) And Bernard asks if he's okay. And Charlie says he can't hear. Bernard then asks where is Locke and Mr. Echo, and Charlie is surprised they're not back at the beach yet. He looks at Claire, and they smile at each other. It's Ooh. a sweet moment. Yes, yeah, like, coming okay. around. This yeah, magic we're, it looks like we're moment. putting things. What are you? <laughs> <laughs> we're putting things back together. Yes. So back on the pier, Henry tells Michael that he's not happy about the arrangement that his people made with him, but he will honor it. He has. We got more than we bargained for when Walt joined us, so I suppose this is what's best. Wait, the what? What does that mean? Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Walt joined us? Walt! <laughs> Since Michael let Henry go, he would let Michael go. He tells him that Walt is in the boat, and they are to leave the island following a compass bearing of 325. You know, this is find interesting. Rescue. He actually says Walt is in the boat. Yes. I always, I always, I always have one of these these moments of like seven right here where he goes to the boat and there's just a box there. What's in the box? Oh my God. <laughs> no, he doesn't. In the box. He doesn't actually say that at this. He tell he doesn't tell him that he's in the boat until the very end of the conversation. I think. But anyways, uh, this is interesting because um, Henry, like, you're seeing some sort of like ethics and honor here where he's like, I don't like this agreement, but the people that were standing in for me while I was gone made this agreement with you. And so I will honor it. Like it's, it's interesting because up until now, you know, he, it seemed like he's pretty ruthless and conniving. And now we see the side of him where he's being honorable to a degree. Well, what is um, a yeah. compass bearing 325? Hmm. Oh, hmm. what is there? So Michael wonders how Henry knows he won't tell people about the island. Henry says it doesn't matter because once they leave the island, they'll never be able to get back. Interesting. Plus, he's pretty sure Michael will stay quiet because if he talks, people will find out what he did to get Walt back. Good point. <laughs> yep. He does have a point. Michael it's says not, he but promises. It's not like, it's not like he, that's, I mean, if you think about it, like what? He could make up any story he wants if no one else gets off the island. True. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's well, not like there's yeah. anyone else extant to, to actually, like, you know, corroborate. Well, I guess he or, thinks maybe he well, sends no. the authorities back to the island. Right, then. right. What, what, yeah. what Henry is saying is that if you were to talk and lead people to this island, then yeah. we will tell them what you did. Sure. Is, I think, what he means. So Michael says he was promised that his friends wouldn't be hurt, and Henry, Henry replies, a deal's a deal. Michael asks, who are you people? And Henry replies that they are the good guys. Oh. What? Like, We're the good guys, Michael. Yeah. He bon voyage. It, he says it so matter-of-factly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's convincing and, and makes you think, like, wait. <laughs> wait a second. Maybe we haven't gotten the whole story Wait here. a minute here. Oh. Yeah. That so he be? tells Michael, bon voyage. And Michael runs to the boat. And, of course, you get to hear, Walt! <laughs> and he's like hiding under you know under something he doesn't like come out until michael's like actually on the boat yeah yeah and they and then embrace embrace it's weird it's yeah it's, it's a, a weird, weird hug like yeah michael is sort of like hunched over him and walt looks like crushed i don't know it's well didn't michael weird... want to stay on the island though walt you mean yeah when he um uh burnt down the first raft yeah, yeah. but right, now that exactly. he's been kidnapped by the others i think he's like let's get the fuck out of here yeah. yeah michael says that they're going home and he starts up the boat then henry motions to miss clue who removes hurley's gag she tells him to go back to camp and that his job is to tell the rest of his people that they can never come to the other's side of the island it's like oh, the second shit. time they've been told that yeah. Yeah. Hurley asks, but what about my friends? Henry says, your friends are coming home with us. Oh, my God. Jack nods at Hurley to tell him to basically say, get out of here. And as Michael and Walt sail at the end of the pier, Jack gives Michael a look of death. Oh, I mean, my it's God. Like, this ain't over, motherfucker. This is yeah. on. That was a that, if looks could kill situation. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to say that that boat doesn't look totally trustworthy for long. Yeah, no, long I don't know if that's a good idea. Go to 325 not, in the middle of the ocean on that. Yeah. No. You're not riding that thing to Los Angeles. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So the others bring the survivors to their feet, and Jack and Kate look at each other for a long time, and Kate is looking really terrified. Did yeah, you I notice mean, that when the others picked up Jack, Kate, and Sawyer? Um, it was Alex who picked up Kate and Alex put her hands on Kate's boobs and then immediately went like that. No, I did no, not. I didn't oh. notice that either. Second, Alex puts her arms <laughs> under Kate's and goes like this. It's, uh, for those of you who are not able to see what I'm doing, she grabbed Kate's boob, uh, boobs and then moved her hands up to her shoulders very quickly. So uh, that's funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I wonder why they decided to use that take. She's a yeah, teenager. Could, She's curious about bodies. She's curious. <laughs> <laughs> and Kate is hot. And, she sees yeah. Kate and it's like, cha-ching. Yep. Oh, I have an opportunity <laughs> to grab some boob. So then um, they also cut the Sawyer a little bit, but then they put the hoods back over their heads. So now it's the evening of day 67 and Charlie and Claire are sitting by a fire. And Claire wants to know what happened. And Charlie asks if she wants to hear about the flaming fireball or the fly flying fork. <laughs> <laughs> she asks him to be serious. And he says, well, nothing happened. She says it must have because they heard the noise in the violet sky. 
Charlie tries to make a joint, a joint. <laughs> a <laughs> joint. <laughs> it's like, you mind if I do a J? Yeah. <laughs> I'm done with the heroin. I'm doing the J. Charlie tries to make a joke, so he turns. Her, so she turns her head away, exasperated. Charlie smiles. She notices a large wound on his arm and starts tending to it. And ow, such a yeah. He goes ow. That's Charlie just before she kisses him. Oh. Yes, it was a sweet little kiss. It was They're back together again. Yep. So the scene suddenly switches to a landscape of like snowy peaks and blizzard conditions okay derek what were yes. you thinking right when that I, happened because i thought you know, i thought the charlie claire kiss was probably the end you know uh-huh. like it's gonna cut the but no now we're in the freaking somewhere where it's snowy like where polar bears are oh, oh. Mm. Maybe. so the camera pulls back and reveals that it's a shot through a window and we see the inside of a very small shelter filled with equipment and laundry hanging from lines one man is getting coffee while the other waits at a chessboard. They're speaking uh, Portuguese and talking shit about the chess game. Then one of them looks up from the game and sees electromagnetic anomaly detected on a computer screen. What? What is going on? He looks upset that and says, we missed it again. The other man jumps up, knocking the chess pieces all over the place and says, no, they didn't. An alarm starts sounding. And the first man says, it's, it's not a false alarm. The other man tells him to shut up and call. So he picks up a phone and does. So we go to a dark bedroom where a phone rings on a nightstand and Penny sits what? up in her bed and answers the phone. Oh Miss Whitmore, the man from the chess game asks, yes, Penny replies, it's us. I think we found it. <gasps> What? Oh my god! End of episode. End of season two. What the hell? Penny, <laughs> wow. End Penny of my life. Thoughts. My yeah. heart just stopped, and we're just no talking shit. about that it. Was just oh like, yeah. my god! Whew. So we all assume they mean the island, right? They found the island. Yes. Holy yes. shit! All right. Wow. I'm so excited. I don't even know what to do. Glad I don't have to wait nine months like people used to. They should have named this episode Penny for your thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last fun facts of season two. We're going back to our literary roots. We're going to talk about Our Mutual Friend by Charles Dickens. The book, the last book Desmond ever wanted to read before dying. Our Mutual Friend was written by Charles Dickens, uh, over two years, 1864 to 1865. It's his last novel ever. Most reviewers in the 1860s um, did not really, like, they didn't like this novel. Um, And they thought, many said that the plot was way too complex and that it was poorly laid out. Um, An official review in the Times of London said that the book fails to capture attention in the first few chapters. So, not very well received. So, here is a quick summary, like a third of the time of the Epic of Gilgamesh. Um, On our... (laughs) So, it's still going to be 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, one night, an ornery uh, river man 
whose name is Mr. Hexman, and his daughter Lizzie find a body floating in a river. Turns out the body is that of a man named John Harmon. He is a young man who was traveling uh, from where he lived back to England to claim his father's inheritance. His father had just recently died, and now he's dead. Um, Part of the will had said for uh, Mr. Harmon to inherit this fortune, he had to marry uh, the woman who I guess, you know, he was already involved with her, but his father wanted him to marry her. Her name is Bella Wilfer. Um, But now he's dead, so Bella gets nothing, and John gets nothing, and the estate passes to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Boffin, who were a pair of, like, old servants in this family's home. Boffin? As in, like, dear Bagginses and Boffins? Yeah, B-O-F-F-I-N-S. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, so these Boffins decide that they're going to take uh, Bella in as if she were, like, a, a, a daughter, because now she has nothing, uh, and so she lives with them in the family estate, okay? So meanwhile, there are two other men named uh, Bradley Headstone and Eugene Rayburn. Headstone. Yeah, Headstone. <laughs> <laughs> and Eugene Rayburn. These men are both competing for the attention of Lizzie Hexham, the girl who found the body with her father. As the plot unfolds, Uh, Bradley's hatred for Eugene just keeps getting deeper and deeper until he attempts to murder him. The murder is unsuccessful, and it only brings Eugene and Lizzie closer together as she nurses him back to health. Uh, About halfway through the book, we learn that John Harmon isn't dead, after all, and instead, he's been posing as Mr. Boffin's secretary, Mr. Rokesmith, and he did this in order to judge what Bella would have done or would do to try to get her hands on the money because he wanted to see if she would not try to get it, which would make her actually worthy of having it. Does that make sense? This whole book, to me, it doesn't feel like Dickens. It feels very Shakespearean. Yeah, it does. Um, so I lost my place. Hang on. Okay, right. So eventually, uh, Bella proves herself to him by uh, sacrificing her position with the Boffins in a, in an attempt to defend uh, Mr. Rokesmith, who they were having issues with. See, I'm skipping some of the details so you don't have to suffer through it. Anyways, so Harmon thinks that that's proof of her value. He comes clean, says he's alive, uh, marries her, and they reclaim uh, not only his identity but also his fortune. It's a very happy ending of a book. By the end, all the bad guys have been punished and all the good guys have been rewarded. I'm, I'm just going to say that I'm just going to say that the first few chapters that you have uh, recapped here did not capture my attention. <laughs> yeah. You're you're with the 1860 uh, I guess so. reviewers. I am too. Yeah. So that's essentially the end of the book. And what I'm wondering is, does that sound like a good book to read before you die? Everybody gets a happy ending. Yeah, I mean, I guess. That's true. I feel like 
I, I guess it depends on the circumstances in which you die. Like, if we're thinking about Desmond when he's sitting there with the gun, then he's going to read, like, a happy ending of a book and be like, now I'm supposed to kill myself? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah sure I mean, at the same time, like, the idea, you know, the idea of the last book you're reading being a book of perfect absolution as well, like, where everyone, all the good rises up, all the bad falls down. Like, I could, I could see it. Yeah. All right. Shall we do our final best and worst moments of season two. Derek. Sure. What you got? There are a lot of good moments in this episode. Yeah. I have three. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my favorite was I just finally got when Desmond turns the key. Oh, all right. Uh, I liked that. Yeah. Just to see finally what happened, but we don't know what happened really. Yeah. The sky turned purple. Um, worst moment was Michael getting to leave. You know, oh, what he had to do to leave, you know, kill two people, send four people into a trap just to get his son, his son back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, ben, yeah. how about you? <clears throat> my favorite was when Desmond is telling Locke, basically, you saved my life so that I could save yours. That whole sort of mm. like how they were each other's sign and yeah. all that. I thought that whole thing was really, really cool. Yeah, um, I liked that a lot. And it, it it kind of shows that like there's a there's some sort of window here that or some sort of mirror here that's that's that we're you know there's reflections of one person or, or being on another person's life so it definitely is suggestive of some some deeper spiritual or idiosyncratic shit going on. Sure, um, and they, they that was the big moment in this episode, but in the last, you know, there were all those little ones yeah, the that everybody ones. was reflecting each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the worst moment was just the, the idiocy of Echo trying to blow up a steel blast door <laughs> with a piece of dynamite. <laughs> um, I had three best moments. The first is when they find the canisters because I'm just like fucking blown away. What is what the yeah, fuck? What was the point? Yeah, and then uh, the last two are actually quotes. The first being, <laughs> "I think I crashed your plane." Oh my god! And uh, yeah, so the last one is again this Saeed's words uh, at the end of the last episode made it and. Uh, again, the last words of this episode and the last words of this season. It's us. I think we found it. Oh, my God. Like, just mind-blowing. Um, my worst moment is also a quote, and it is, I was wrong. Uh, uh, that It just gutted me. It understatement just, of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just the whole, that whole moment was like, my God, Locke. Um, Christy, how about you? So, um, my two best moments were Claire kissing Charlie at the end. I thought that was very sweet. Um, and then Penny getting that phone call, you know, oh, that, yeah. that whole last scene is just like, what? Um, Penny's coming to get you, Desmond. Oh, uh -huh. my God. <laughs> um, my worst moments are when Desmond realized that he's the reason why that plane crashed. Um, and then oh, I'm with you, yep. Lacey. I was wrong. I was wrong. Yes. Tough. Tough moment. Poor Locke. Um, why don't you keep going, Christy? Give us your characters. 
My top three are Echo, Desmond, and Penny. Um, Echo knew that button had to be pushed, and he might not have been smart about the way he tried to get in there, but he, he was doing anything he could to try yeah. to make that happen. And then Desmond and Penny, like, duh. Um, my bottom he three. He could have just prayed a little harder, maybe. um bottom three michael henry and Locke. you know all of this is really Locke's fault you know with (sighs) the button thing um so and then i'm gonna fuck desmond and penny together um and then i'm gonna kill henry all right Hmm. ben how about you Favorite character was Desmond, um, and then I had uh, just Jack in second place. I'm not actually even sure why, now that I think about it, but then I had Pen- <laughs> Pen- Penny in third. Because he's the silver yeah. surgeon. Because he's the silver <laughs> surgeon, of course. Uh, I've only got one worse character, because everyone else pales in comparison, obviously, Michael. Um, I'm, uh, I'm actually going to fuck Claire. But Ooh. only because she's starting to show interest in Charlie, and that makes me jealous. So, oh my god! Um, <laughs> and I'm going to uh, I'm going to kill Michael. Actually, you know what? Screw that! I'm not going to kill Michael. I'm going to kill Walt because I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I want to I want to deny Michael his prize. True. Wow, True. you're going to change I'm that ju- now. All of the scores that we have no, already no, calculated. No, no, I actually, I actually already. I think I, I just had it written down wrong. I, I calculated oh. it correctly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I saw it in the spreadsheet. I'm like, wow. Yeah, Walt. <laughs> I see. So it's nothing against Walt. You're just trying to fuck no. with Michael. Yeah, exactly. Michael does not should not be able to for doing what he did, sacrificing what he did, lying and all that type of shit. He should get nothing. All right. So, yeah, every one of my choices, both my fuck and my kill, were both basically jealousy and spite things. So shows kind of what (laughs) kind of person you're dealing with here. All right. So my top character is Mr. Henry Gale. Um, I know I talked about this a couple weeks ago that I had sort of come around to to Ben's point of view that, I mean, even though he's was, you know, the antagonist, (laughs) uh, he's still one of the better characters. Um, but even with that as- that revelation aside, this episode, it just blows me away. I know he's not in it a ton, but he's the guy. It's him. He's the guy. He's the fucking, he's the leader of the yeah. others. And and they had him the whole time. And he managed to, to play his way out of it and fuck with Locke and just everything. The whole culmination of the season for me, it was just like, oh, my God. And, and, well, and, and I he's had like, to we're put the him at the guys, top, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I had to put him on the top. I can't wait to see more. Luckily, I won't have to wait very long in season three. <laughs> um, but uh, number two, I had Desmond. And number three, I had Penny. I'm loving their love story. They're like the second son and Jin. What, you know, I, I want them to find each other again. And yeah, she found the fucking island. So Damn. Um, bottom. I have no middle. I have Michael at the top and I have Locke in third. I, I couldn't come up with another, um, bottom, but I thought that the degree, uh, between Michael and Locke was the degree of their awfulness was so vast that I just yeah. was going to leave too open. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. So I'm going to have one last threesome of the season. And this time it's going to be Henry and Desmond. Uh, I'm very excited about this one. 
And I am going to kill. <laughs> I am going to kill Michael. I'm just having I'm having a real problem, like imagining, like like m- imagining Henry Gale's O face. It just it, it just seems <laughs> god awful. Uh, I'll let you know, <laughs> Derek. What were your rankings? Uh, my best was Desmond, and then my second best was Henry Gale. Uh-huh. I've come around on him because. Yeah. You know, he did show some um, honor in the end. Yeah, and uh-huh. he is the man in charge. Honor among thieves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's, you know, he's the head cheese. And uh, <laughs> and Charlie, I have his third best because, you know, he is coming around with Claire. And, you yeah. know, and then worst I had was Locke just because he fucked the whole island up. Oh, right? really? <laughs> oh, you have him as your, as, as yeah, your my first worst? Yes. Wow. Okay. Just, You're his, real mad at Locke. Going back and forth, he disappointed me so bad. Yeah. You know? yeah. And then second is Michael. Um, I'm going to fuck Penelope. Did you not I, have I a third she, bottom? No, I didn't. I just, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Because I think she's hot, regardless of what Ben says. She is hot. Ben's mm-hmm. great. Day. And I'm actually going to kill Locke this episode. Wow. Oh, that wow. disappointed in he him. He really yeah. fucking pissed you off. Yeah, he yeah. did. <laughs> um, all right. Ben Jammin. Could you please announce the big winners and losers of season two? Well, I mean, I think our listeners are the winners, don't you? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I guess uh, that's a bit presumptuous. Oh, my God. Yeah, Mr. Echo ended up on top with 139 points. We thought nobody could could reach him, and we were correct. And we were right. He amassed a lead very early and then just sort of plateaued, and nobody ever, ever caught him. Was he the only character ever in first this season? He never gave up the lead after episode six. Six. Okay. He first appeared on the board in episode five, and he was in he was in uh, third place. It looks like behind like Kate and uh, and Hurley. But then by the next episode, he was at thirty six points, and then he just he was up Took basically off. twenty twenty points, blah blah, all the way up to yeah. He, wow. he was up to one hundred and fourteen points by episode twelve, and then he just sort of stayed there until until all these right. most more recent episodes. Wow. So yeah. did we end up with the silver surgeon? We ended up with the silver surgeon. Yes, second <laughs> hey! place. And, and the, then, the mayor of Island Town? Mayor of Island Town getting the bronze. That's yes! Right. I love that. Hurley is on the winner's yes. board. Uh, yeah. Who was fourth? Um, I actually don't. I didn't even track who was fourth. Let's Almost made it. I think uh, Kate. The first loser? Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> Kate was fourth, yeah. That okay. makes sense. Yeah. All right. Uh, who Mostly just because she was she was basically just getting fucked constantly. Oh, Pretty constantly. much yeah. wore yeah. her out. <laughs> oh my god. I don't think she ever wears out, at least not in my imagination. Yeah. <sighs> Durable Bad. little thing. Um yeah. <laughs> who are so, uh, our big losers of season two? I mean, I don't think I even need to say who our biggest loser is. We all know him. We all hate him. Michael. Michael. Oh, yeah. Michael yep. with with negative one hundred and seventeen points. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, um, yeah. That he actually beat out Shannon from last year, who ended up with 113. So he set Damn. a new low, and she didn't. And we hated people. her the whole time. He just yeah. fell off a cliff. Wow. Yeah, he really did. Um, and then behind him, we actually. have a uh, Mr. Cooper, who was only in a couple episodes, but I guess you know, stealing organs and being all all around despicable. Well, he we'll do is that. the he is the Ethan. 
of season yes. two. Somebody yes. that shows up in a minimal. I think Ethan was three episodes. Mr. Cooper was two. But yeah. they both managed to be. I think even Ethan was number two worst uh, in season one as well. You're probably so they ended right. up in the same spot. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And then in the third slot, we still have Charlie. Oh, Charlie. I mean, he. He, he, he had a bad season. He yeah, had a bad he, season. He deserved Baby it. Napping will do that, yeah. <laughs> Baby he napping. He, he, he assaulted he assaulted son. And when he wasn't being actively violent or like baby napping, he was just being a fucking prick to everybody. Pain in so. the ass, yeah. Stirring really shit. Stirring well, shit up. Yeah. As we see, he is on the upswing at the end of this episode, yeah. and and it it does happily continue through season three. So I'm glad to have Charlie back. But yeah, he definitely deserved that ranking this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. We are going to talk some more about these rankings, some fun, special things. Um, and the next episode, the special episode, which you can listen to in just a few minutes. But first, we are going to get our final impressions of the final episode of the season. How about Christy? My God, what a way <laughs> to end the fucking season. So oh, much happens. So you know, so like we find out why the plane crashed. Penny is is looking for Desmond and might have found him. It's just, oh my God, so much. Walt, you know, and Michael are off in their little tugboat. Um, who knows what the others are going to be doing to Jack and Kate and Sawyer. You know, there's just... Oh my God, so much. And, yeah. you know, in real life, we didn't, you know, have just all of these seasons to just binge through. So we had to wait like six oh, yeah. months Forever. or something to fucking figure out what happened next. Um, so, yeah, a lot. <sighs> so exciting. Ben, how did you feel about the episode? I really, I thought it was great, great writing. Um, they tied a lot of, again, they, they introduced these sort of mirror mirrored concepts where you see one character kind of cast into another character's situation with slight changes. Um, you know, the, the whole thing, the sort of, uh, revelation that, uh, he, he might've brought the plane down or that Desmond might've brought the plane down through his, through his sort of incident within mind bottling. Yeah. It does. Boggling. You know, I know, get your honey, thoughts all trapped like they're in a bottle. <laughs> oh, um, have you never uh, seen? Have you never seen that? Blades movie? of Glory. Yeah, that's fucking. Brilliant. Oh, I, I think I <laughs> saw it once. Blades of Glory. Yes. Blades of Glory. It's Ugh. so fucking good. Oh, it's so it's funny. got yeah, Will Ferrell and whatever that. I think he probably name streaks is. in that one. John too, Heater. Yeah. John Heater. I was gonna say Napoleon Dynamite, but <laughs> same thing. Freaking anyway, idiot. it's mind bottling. Yeah. Um, and then I, I really liked the, uh, at the, you know, of course, at the end where we've got these, you know, a bunch of Portuguese in the Arctic or something like that. And one thing we didn't mention there was, you know, they had talked about uh, Desmond had mentioned this whole place being like a snow globe. But then you go to a place that, you know, you see that scene where they're looking through the window and it's mountains and it's snowing and you get maybe wait, there's a snow globe. But the snow globe is actually looking in on this place that may be a snow globe. And another one of those sort of weird circular mm. sort of uh, uh things that that they like to do in the show so well and um, they they said did we miss it again meaning yeah they missed it when the plane went down when the plane yeah. right that's what they're yeah. saying is they missed yep. it 65 days ago yeah. or whatever yeah and because they're not they only show you you know they only show their cards a corner at a time in the show who knows they, it, this could be happening more often like it's just a 
part of people, you know, breaking down psychologically is that this system of pushing this fucking button breaks down. So this could be a regular occurrence. Yes, know? but but probably if we're looking at the way this timeline is, like yeah. Penny wouldn't have started looking yeah. until Desmond was there. And so it's probably yeah. those two times as far as yeah. we know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry, Ben. Did you have more to say about the episode? No, I mean, I just thought yeah. it was a it's a great, brilliant ending to the to the season, and it it sets up a lot of questions for season three. Yeah, it does. Uh, my final impressions. Uh, all I wrote down was, "Holy fuck, best damn episode so far." So many new questions. Henry is the leader. Penny found the island. Oh my god. Uh, and I do recall that being my first reaction, my <laughs> first time around how do you, on this. How do you write down, oh my God? Like, what sort of punctuation uh, do you I, use to get that across? Giant capital OMG. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> just, just so that next time I need to, I need to get that across, yeah. I know how to do okay. it. Or you could write, you know, oh my God, all in caps, but then God would be like G-A-A-A-A-W-D. W-W-W-D, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my. Oh, okay. oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see that every time I say that, I say I think it's goud. I'm like, oh my goud, but <laughs> that would have a U in it. All right, yeah. Back no, God, to God, God has a U in it. It has an I in it. It has a we in it. Oh, <laughs> it has everything in it. Yeah, come on. <sighs> I just need a second from that. Okay. Yeah, really. Oh, um, like I said more than once. Uh, the first five minutes of season two, some of my favorite moments um, from this entire show. But these last two minutes of season two, they're pretty fucking up there as well. Because now, I mean, it just it just throws so much more into this because it's like now not only do we have these people trying to get off the island, but we've got somebody looking for the island. And it's just like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, so excited for season three, much like season two began. Season three um, begins with a, another big sort of reveal and um, dying to see what Derek thinks. Uh, but as far as this season, I just absolutely fucking loved this episode. Um, and I'm at, at this point, I, I was hooked early in this show, but at this point I was like, holy fuck. This is my favorite show. Um, and clear, clearly it has lasted decades. Um, all right, Derek, why don't you tell us what are your final impressions for this episode? We're going to save your se season-long and series-long uh, questions for the special episode. But uh, what did you think about the way the show ended? Man, I thought this was a great episode because a lot of shit gets answered. Like, really? The plane got crashed because... Actually, it was two questions at one because I always wondered what happens if you don't turn the or the push the button. Right. Well, you know, this magnet starts going crazy and it pulls the plane out of the sky. Um, so we also see, you know, you know, Penelope is looking for the island and looks like she found it, at least at the very end of the season. And we do get to see what happens when the button isn't pushed and the failsafe key is turned. And Michael is reunited with Walt. Yeah. And they're leaving the island. <laughs> they're leaving the island again. Uh-huh. And the others are taking the hostages somewhere, but we don't know where. And we also don't know what happened to Desmond Locker Echo. Yeah. And so my biggest question, I got two of them, is 
What happened when Desmond turned the key? And what do the others want with Jack, Kate, and Sawyer? Interesting. Well, one of those we are going to explore a little bit in the next episode, um, having to do with a couple uh, theories of what actually happened when the key was turned, or one in particular. Um, And yeah, the rest of that's going to take a little while. So that's it, folks. That is the end of season two of Lost and Lost in My 40s. However, you've still got the special episode to download and listen to, but just in case you're lame and don't do that, let me run through the end of season announcements. I would like to extend a very special thank you to Ado and Dave and Caleb for joining us this season. Message us at spacebearmedia.com slash contact to let us know if you would like to see other special guests in seasons to come. We will be back just after Christmas on Wednesday, December 28th with three new episodes from season three. It'll be our season two recap. And the first two episodes, A Tale of Two Cities, more Dickens, and The Glass Ballerina. We get another Full new cast with some of their own flashbacks, including Henry Gale, whose real name is revealed. What? Oh, finally, it's Nikki and Paolo coming in season three. Man, I've got to wait till episode 14 for that. So long. I'm going to sit that episode out. So there's that bad, huh? Oh, just you wait. (laughs) All right, guys. Don't miss the pre-show on Space Bear Media's YouTube channel on Tuesday, December 27th. We'll see you back on the 28th with our three episodes. Have a happy holiday season, and we'll see you in 10 weeks. Unless... You download the special episode, and then we'll see you in 30 seconds. Bye. Be a lot cooler if you did that. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Lost in My 40s is a Space Bear Media production. Executive produced and edited by me, Lacey J. Sound engineering, editing, and original music by Benjamin Trim. Like and follow Lost in My 40s on Facebook to interact with your hosts. Plus, follow Space Bear Media on YouTube to watch our episode pre-shows. You can also find us at SpaceBear underscore media on Instagram and Twitter. Or come to our website, spacebearmedia.com.